Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, on probably the one platform that hackers cannot get to us, unlike Don't Twitter. Jinx it, bro. Don't jinx it, bro. <laughs> hey, the, 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 that one does not share the same password to post our stuff as Ugh. a Twitter account, at least. For those of you that didn't know or see it on Twitter, uh, my Twitter got hacked earlier in the week uh, by probably the worst hacker in the world. Didn't even do anything. Got got my account back in a day. And plus, I know your name and location. You fucking idiot so anyway that was fun I was, when you got hacked i was expecting to see like like some crazy shit being retweeted from your account i need to go refollow you because i unfollowed you because i didn't think you'd get it back so uh, you I'm were just go- waiting you were waiting for that excuse weren't you I, dude yeah but fucking i was waiting for like all these retweets about like the crypto scams and like all the typical you, shit you know you, you know what i'm kind of offended because they don't think I'm good enough to sell MacBooks with my signature on them. Honestly, I'm a li- I'm a little disappointed. They didn't do anything. They didn't like any weird shit. They didn't retweet any weird shit. You went through the trouble to find my password yep. and change my email so I couldn't get in. And then I think they looked at it and they're like, why are we doing this again? What Does this guy get any sort of traction? They said no and just kind of left it alone after that. Well, to be fair, I... I just looked at your account to refollow you and it was like, Hey, this, this, this page has been tweeting some misinformation. Are you sure you want to see it? What? Yeah. Me? This was on there. Hold, wait a second. Yeah. Hold I on. just looked Are at you it. serious? It this is like, the first I'm hearing of this. this one? Yeah. <laughs> I had to click that. I was okay. Viewing your profile. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Me? You've been tweeting misinformation. Your puck do. Okay. I just aren't real, bro. See, this is the, this is a live development on the show. I'm trying to log <laughs> back in again. And now again, it is going to make me try to do the recapture test or the the air cost challenge. Whether is I, maybe this is the thing you were telling me about with the rats, dude. I'm telling you, that's what it was, and you have to do it like six fucking times. It's the okay. worst, dude. See, mine is I have to pick the one square that shows two identical objects, and just like that, I'm done. But you know, I probably I do I do spread some misinformation. In yeah, that. I mean, you're obviously lying about your Puck Dooku scores. We all know this. Yep. 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 <laughs> But it just sucks because Twitter, me and you both love Twitter, um, probably my favorite social media app. And it's just like, it's crazy, man. Like, I, I get like why people are saying like misinformation on there. Like, we don't like our Twitters aren't mis- we use it for for fucking hockey news. I lie sometimes. I, I, spread a, I spread some falsehoods and some lies every now and again. That's so funny. I had no idea yeah. my account was being labeled as misinformation. I haven't yeah, bro. three days. You're probably the bot that they're trying to get out of there. But but yeah, Twitter's, Twitter is just being a pain in the ass. And like threads was cool for like a day. And now I'm kind of over threads. But uh, yeah, I want Twitter to go back to what it was. I don't think it ever will. But it is. I'm hoping it can make it through another hockey season because when there's days that I can't watch the game, I want to be able to go on Twitter and see everyone's reaction to what's going on. 
Yeah. So, and uh, I promise we're going to talk about the Ross Colton contract in a second, but like, this is something that I needed to get off my oh. chest for a couple of days. Cause we're also a day late. So I know yes. we're just completely out of, I'm a liar. I'm late. There's just so much wrong with me. Yeah, right it's now. almost like, what is this? Probably like the fourth or fifth time in the two and a half years we've been doing this. that we have to delay an episode because your job was keeping you there till like 2 AM. Yeah. Scheduled for three, but we got out there early, but yeah. even just to finish, finish up on the Twitter account, I thought this was going to be a huge problem. Oh, yeah. You were freaking out when you texted me. That is freaking out strong. But I mean, I was worried that like this is they're going to start retweeting things like I got out ahead on the, the teledabs. It is Twitter. Be like, hey, this is not me when they start tweeting stuff because I was expecting it. They yeah. changed my email. They changed my password because like, why would you get rid of two factor authentication? Just then hide it behind a verification wall. I'd. I'm not going to pretend that I understand yeah. that at all. But regardless to my friend from Red Bank, New Jersey, you left your IP unmasked. So thanks for that, <laughs> amateur. You got him now. I mean, like, what a, like, like, I just never get the hackers. Like, wouldn't you want to hack like an actual, like, like an account Here, that has like more than a thousand followers? Here's my other thing. You couldn't even have used a VPN. Am I so low <laughs> on the totem pole? You, you literally used an unmasked IP address. I know your name. I know where you live. And I know you used your Chrome desktop on your freaking PC. Dude, what if he's a listener? I hope so. Because <laughs> you're coming for that ass, bro. You're fucking coming for that ass. But yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy couple days on the Twitter sphere. Um, luckily, like, could you imagine if it was a repeat of what happened on the start of free agency day? Oh, my God. Like Twitter's just been such a kick the last 20 yeah. days from free agency. Thank God this didn't happen like during the season. I would. Oh like, God, we would have been like the freak out would have been a lot more serious, yeah, but uh, hacking me in July, like again, such a mild inconvenience at best. Like I yeah. seriously wonder why you even bothered, but this is a reminder, everyone change your password or at least make it a little better. Yeah. You know? I I learned that one, two, three passwords, not a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned as I got older that I can't have the same password for everything because when I was oh, from annoying. the ages of like 18 to 23, I had this, like if a person would have found out my password, they could have literally just taken over my whole life because it was the same password for everything. But now I'm an adult. I have different passwords. So yeah, change your Twitter passwords. But yeah, that's our Twitter rant because both of us yeah. were just fuming with it. Um, in abs related news, the topic of the show, you know, we should probably yeah. talk about them eventually. Yeah, we should. Um, the news that we knew was going to happen eventually, of course, happened the day after we recorded because that's just how how abs news goes for us. But the abs finally signed Ross Colton, uh, four years, four million, if I'm remembering correctly. Four times four. Four times four. Um, in the moment, when you look at his stats and you look at all of the like analytics that all these guys tweeted out. It looks like a little bit of an overpay. Yeah. I mean, it's right now it's pretty safe to say like, yeah, you're paying a lot based on what he's produced in the past with Tampa Bay. But I think it's a contract he's going to grow into, but it's an overpayment. Now we yeah. should also say like, what we say the high point was when talking about this before three and a half. Yeah. It's $500,000. I'd say it's less of an overpay, which I feel like is very strong language to more than expected. But it's also for four years, which I really like. I think Ross Colton's going to be fantastic here. I think he's going to fit in just fine. 
But now you're looking at this like this is no longer just a steal. Now there's expectations attached right. to this because you're getting the $4 million contract. So you're going to have to be a $4 million player. Yeah. And because remind me, what did the like, I'm trying to think of the last RFA that we like traded for and signed him. Like, what did Burakovsky end up signing for? Well, we got Lecky too. Yeah, but Lecky had already proved it before he signed it. So that one I don't really I don't like. Know. I think that's an interesting conversation, at least, because Lekin and like if we didn't win, like let's say that he doesn't get the chance to score those goals in the conference final in the Stanley Cup final, and we sign him to that contract. He hadn't really had the offensive production, at least in the regular season. Yeah, but he had only played what, like 15 games because of his visa issues? Well, I mean, also with the Habs, he'd had plenty of season with the Habs. Yeah. He just never had that offensive breakout. And then he signs the contract. I think we were all very uh, drunk on winning to even yeah. care because Lekin is fucking awesome. He just scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. But if he didn't have the breakout that he had last season, I think we would probably be talking about it a little more. Yeah, because you know, I mean, was he was he 4.1? Is that what we got him for? 4.5 times 5. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's that's a, a damn. Really that's, a, that's what I mean. It's a damn good deal, especially because he broke out. And also, when he did sign that, we know what we saw with Lekin. Yeah, yeah, was like that guy's gonna be amazing with this team. Yeah, and with Colton, I think he's going to live up to that deal. But it is starting to become a bit of a theme with this team sometimes that you start paying players for what you expect from them based on what they've shown in the past, which it's not. Saving them a lot of money. To it's save not them. saving them a lot of money, but it's also like if Colton can come and be like a 50, 55 point guy, then that contract's going to look fair. But I think where you started to sway me on the fact it wasn't overpayment, you got four years of it. That's a pretty good deal because he's what, 24? He's 26. 26. So he's going to so take you're getting like, his prime. Yeah, you're buying three UFA years at the same time. If he signed a one-year contract, I believe he would have been a UFA next year, or at least if it was a two-year deal. I'm sorry, it would have been he would have been a UFA at that point. So you're still buying those UFA years, which are going to cost more. He's in his prime, and you are planning to play him more in Tampa. He played around 12 to 13 minutes a game, which isn't a lot. That's around the same time that the Avs would be playing New Hook during games. I don't think the Avs make this trade and give him that contract if that's the plan. They're right. going to play this guy probably more akin to 14, 15, maybe sometimes 16 minutes a night because I think pro scouting has really identified something and they're willing to make the bet on him before he's even played a game. Yeah. I mean, even more recently, like because Guriev was an RFA when we traded for him, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that was another bet and that one worked out perfectly fine. Yeah. And now, honestly, Guriev's probably underpaid for a goaltender. That's exactly what he is. The Avs, like they, they make these bets, and very rarely do you look at them and just go, "Wow, that really sucks." Yeah, like because you teams can do that with UFAs, but the Avs, they've done it with Devontae's, they've done it with Burakovsky. I think Berkey had one year left. Or no, he was an RFA. He was an RFA. They signed yeah. him. That's what I was going to ask. I can't remember what he signed for. I want to say it was like I, three. He signed a one-year deal first, so they didn't really make yeah. the bet yet. But then he signed for two after that. Then he had they had signed Lekkinen. They identify these guys, they lock them up, and it tends to work out pretty well. Is $4 million a lot on day one? I'd say a lot is still oh, yeah. pretty strong language still. It's more than expected. But I think once you get to the end of next season, then I think it's going to look pretty good. 
but I don't think it's going to be a steal anymore. When we were talking like, oh, he might get three on a four-year contract, you're that's steal territory. Yeah. Now you're in, okay, now you've got to prove it. Now well, there's an expectation there. Because what's your ideal role for Colton going into this year? Is he going to be a third line or is he going to play top six minutes? Well, I think that's the thing. Now with $4 million, you need to be able to play top, top six. Yeah. You need to be able to move into that role if need be and be able to carry a little bit of play on your own, which Colton has struggled a little bit at times with Tampa. But you talked a little bit earlier about his analytics. All of them suggest like this is a very efficient player. You give yeah. him more minutes, he's going to give you more results at the same time. Yeah, I saw the one where he's like a shot first type of guy, and it's like, wow, the Avs definitely need someone who shoots the puck more. <laughs> so I it's it's gonna be interesting because like you said, the gambles they've taken on these analytics where it's like, hey, this guy's a really strong analytical player, they've worked out for the Avs so far. So who who are we to judge saying that this may be an overpay when next year when we're doing a player review for Ross Colton, it's like, yeah, he ended up with 20 goals and 25 assists. And you're like, yeah, it was a pretty solid year for him. Yeah. I mean, and Colton's goals and assists tend to be pretty balanced throughout his career. I mean, he's only had two full NHL seasons. He was a 22 goal scorer in 2021. And then last year he was a 16 goal scorer with 16 assists. I think it's pretty reasonable to expect a 20 goal season from Ross Colton. And probably like you said, 20, 25 assists in that same span I think you would like for him to hit 20 goals and yep. get close to 50 points. It doesn't have to be 50, but you've got to be in that ballpark. Yeah, because, I mean, what did Lekkonen end up with, 50 points, and he was he broke his thumb halfway through the year? Yeah, he, so, was, at, he was at 49 and broke his thumb, and he came back right at the end and hit 50. Yeah, he hit 50. So, I mean, like, we don't look back on Lekkonen being like, that was a bad one. Um, but you look at Ross Colton and – I think what I really like too is his two-way game, which is what the Abs have identified. Is as his, his defense needs work. It's not terrible, but it's it's not. Yeah, but with the Abs system, we've seen improvements with the defensive forwards. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an interesting move. Uh, like I said, when the contract details came out, I thought it was a little bit of an overpayment. But hopefully, when we're sitting here next year, we're going, yeah, that was perfectly fine deal. Yeah, like he's probably underpaid. I think when you start to factor in a lot, you bought an extra year. I think we all expected this to probably be a three-year-ish deal. You factor in the UFA years, you buy three of them, you factor in arbitration, what he would have potentially gotten on a, probably what would have been a one-year contract in arbitration. Would it have been around three and a half to maybe $4 million yeah. on a one-year deal? And then you're going to have the players asking for this and management's offering him this. And then you're going to start to get the fan base sicked on him. And then there might be some harsh feelings once it hits arbitration. Once you factor in all of that, it really doesn't seem that bad. And honestly, even with paying maybe a little more, I think it's fine because I have very high expectations for Colton. The more I've watched from him, the more I just think he's going to be such a perfect fit into this yeah, system. Yeah. If nothing else, because he just has such a motor. In yeah. everything I've seen and everything that I've read, one thing always stands out. He just works so hard. And if he just irons out a little bit more and gets a little bit more ice time, I think there's a real gem there. And the Avs, they, they need that kind of value. And if he does really pan out, $4 million is not going to seem like a lot, especially for a quality center. Like, it doesn't need to be a top-line center. You've got Nathan McKinnon. You don't need that. But let's say Ryan Johansson struggles this year, because that's another part of this conversation that 
we're all just kind of tiptoeing around going into next season. It's like Ryan Johansson is right now penciled to be 2C. If he can't do that, then that's going to need to be Ross Colton. Can he do that? Honestly, I feel more confident in Colton than Johansson just because I like his game more. But that's the thing. Now with four million bucks, you need to prove it. Now it's yeah. like I said, it's not steel territory. It's just funny because like every time you bring up Ryan Johansson, I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's on the abs, man. I keep right. I keep forgetting <laughs> that. I I I think we've just been so focused on the Colton contract for the yeah. last that we forgot. Like, oh yeah, that guy is here yeah. just this season, but next, next, yeah, like it's crazy for sure. But I'm I think he's gonna slot third C. Like I, I think that's okay to start. to start. Yeah, but I, I think Johansson's gonna work out, and you're gonna get like compared to where our center depth was last year on paper, this is a home run. You have at least three quality centers. Well, you know what the hilarious thing about that is combine when you combine what comp for a new hook made, you get $8 million. And what are we paying for Johansson and Colton? $8 million. You're paying exactly the same. And I'd argue you're getting more value out of that because at least offensive value. Yeah. At least offensive. value. I think comp for, is going to be good in Detroit. You, you could not afford to be paying a guy who's going to probably best suited to switch between second and third and probably more third than anything yeah. else. 5.1 for five. If you're giving Colton and Johansson, who are pro- I think are going to alternate pretty regularly throughout the season. I mean, we always talk about lineups, and then you get one in your head, and you think that's just what it's going to be all season. It might not even last a game. Like Colton and Johansson, I think are going to go back and forth. There might be times they're on the same line together during the season. Like you just, you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who's going to have chemistry and things like that. But now you have those options at center where it was pretty much just JT Comper or death last year. And then Comper wasn't good. It was death. Yeah. I'm literally looking at it. Like I'm imagining a line of Colton Wood and Logan O'Connor or Andrew Cogliano, that line's going to be such a fucking nuisance to play against. Yeah. Like, that's a big, team, tough line. Yeah, it's something that this team missed in the playoffs. And, you know, you talk about grit and toughness and people are going to roll their eyes, and I get it. This line can produce, too. They're oh, not, yeah. not going to be superstars scoring on every single shift. They're going to make life difficult for the other team, and they're a threat. Look and- at what Andrew Cogliano, Darren Helm, and Logan O'Connor did in the playoffs. They didn't score a ton, but every time they were on the ice, they were giving their max effort. And yeah. and they they put the idea in the other team's head in the playoffs that they could score. If you give us enough room, we could score. There was none of that in the Seattle series. No. It was McKinnon, Rantanen, and everyone else looked afraid because they were getting grinded into dust by Seattle's yeah. depth. That yeah. line, you have Wood, Colton, Logan O'Connor or anyone else, because they still can very much go out and sign another winger or another winger. That is a threat to score. And even if they're not scoring, they're going to make life difficult. It's one of the things I love about Ross Colton is that he has such a motor. And even when he's not putting pucks in the net, he makes life difficult. And Miles Wood, as a bit of, um, I don't even know how to describe the way he moves. It's very erratic. That's a good way to put it. That's, I like it, that way. That's a good it's, way. It's kind of like if you imagine, I keep getting like a, a missile, you know, it's yeah. not very, you don't really need to know where you're aiming with it because he doesn't seem like he knows where he's going a lot of the time. No. He goes very fast 
And if he hits you, it's going to hurt. But What's that guy from the, the Mighty Ducks movie who's like super fast, but he can't stop? Do you remember? Oh, I'm blanking. He's the one who wears the cowboy hat. I can't remember his name, but that's um, that's what I'm thinking of. It's my reminder that it's been too long since I watched the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I'm going to go watch that tonight. Yeah, I need to watch that again. But regardless, I mean, we can talk more about Miles Wood in, in the future. Yeah. I still think that's a good signing. Six years is a long time. I think he's going to be useful. Got to work on his skating a little bit. Very fast, not, very very directionless. Not taking penalties. That's going to be big. Taking, not taking penalties, which I think can be very involved with directionless skating yeah. at times. But getting back to the point, I don't know if Logan O'Connor is a great fit to throw on a third line. I mean, there might be points if Jonathan Drouin doesn't work out on McKinnon's winger in the top six. It might just be Wood, Colton, Drouin, or in any sort of combination. I think combination, that's an interesting word. But you get my point regardless. Yeah. Like that's going to be a line that the Avalanche did not have against Seattle and late in the season where it just had to be the top guys. It's going to be a line that another team needs to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's just really like you look at this team and they aren't complete yet. We still need a four C. We still need another winger. Like in my ideal world, I don't have Cogliano or Connor on the third line. I, I see them as fourth liner guys and that's my ideal world for them. And I think that's where those two would thrive the most, but Cogliano showed me last year that he still has something left in the tank. Like he, he's definitely still has his motor and he's going to fucking crash into the boards because he catches an edge like nine times a game, but he can still prove it. And I, I just completely agree that if this team would have gone up against Seattle in the first round, I think we win that series in five or six. Yeah. I mean, the Seattle series is just frustrating to look back on because even with all of the problems this team had, they lost by one in a game seven. You were a bounce away. Yeah. Like, and Seattle got so incredibly lucky yeah. in that game with ridiculous bounces and Grubauer out of his mind and the post and the overturned goal and everything. He, I forgot like, about that overturned goal. I, I know. You'd think that would stick out more to us, that the fact that we literally had that game tied. and had I think just it. because it was so blatant that you're just like, okay, yeah. I can't get mad about that. Yeah, like you can't even get mad about it. But like if Lekkanen's a two seconds later, that game's tied and I'm convinced yep. that they score another one soon after and just go win yeah. that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, the only thing that frustrates me is how the ref missed that and allowed that goal to happen. That's, that's <laughs> the part that pisses me off about offside. It's just like, it gives the ref so much leeway. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get it next time. Yeah. Like, just if you see it, call it. Do we need to review yeah. this for five minutes? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's crazy. But Matt Duchesne ruined it for everybody. Yeah, he did. Bastard. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall the Ross Colton signing uh, it's, it's going to be one that's going to either get better with time or you're going to look back on it in three years and be like, remember when we paid Ross Colton $4 million? Like, yeah, and even then, like if Colton just kind of stagnates in Colorado, he's still going to be useful. It's just oh, going to yeah. be a little more money than he deserves generally, yeah. which is not the end of the world. This is not going to be some albatross that sinks the team. I think you give him time in the system. He's going to be great, but you're well, not. And if that salary cap goes up too. That's another thing. Like, like if this goes up another $3 million next year, then it's really not going to seem that bad. Yeah. It's really not going to seem that bad. I just keep thinking, man, like how good is this team going to be? If Gabriel Landeskog comes back next year, you got, you got to stop putting that idea. I know, man. It's just, 
I played NHL and I talk about this every episode and I play with Landy and I'm just like, holy fuck, this guy well, is so I mean, good, there's, dude. There's that little caveat of we can't because yeah, money, but we can't this year, but like that's what I'm saying next year. Next year. Right. But there's right. gonna be there's gonna have to be some finagling to make that work still. Yeah. But it, it's just it's just crazy to think we're missing like a top 20 player in the world still from this lineup. And yeah. it's really sad. 30, and... 30 goal scorer, 70 point scorer. Yeah. It's, but the it's one of, yeah. It's one of the things I like about these additions is that Wood, Johansson, and Colton all can replace different parts of what right. Landis Gog brings to the lineup without going and spending all of that money on one player. It's one, one player. Of the I wanted to do coming into the offseason is like, it's a... I didn't want to spend all of it on one guy and have that just be Mr. Gabe Landis Gog replacement. I wanted it to give us more depth. And that's what a lot of these moves do. And when we exactly. acquired, when we acquired Johansson, one of the things I said is I hope we invest a little more money in the three C, and that's exactly what we did with Ross Colton. So it's not exactly how I pictured it, but it is kind of what I wanted. Yeah, I, I completely. This team is deeper, and they are better on paper than what they were last year. And I, I think, like, would you say like if you even go back to last year at the start of the year before we knew everything that was going to happen? I would honestly say I think this team on paper is better than the one that they trotted out for opening night last year. I think it's an interesting conversation, at least, because we going into last year, we were very like drunk on winning and everything. But there was also the conversation of like, there's a lot of key players out of this line yeah. right now. There's a lot of depth missing at the moment, but we'll be fine. We won last year. We're obviously going to win again. I mean, we, we still won. Like we we won. We finished yeah. first in the division. Well, I mean, but, like I mean, like winning, winning. Yeah, but this team on paper going into the this next upcoming season, I think, is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was last year. Yeah, it feels more secure. Like there was yeah. there was a lot of departures last season, and very key players injured before we even began the season. So long as you can get to that second week of October healthy. You're starting the you're starting the season in a much better spot than absolutely last year for game one against LA. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We're playing LA. That's gonna be such a late fucking game. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, bully for you, man. Yeah, it fucking sucks, man. I'm not gonna get to a bed till like midnight. Do we oh. have to record that night? Is that a recording night? I mean, for game one of the season, probably. You know, ten thirty at night for me. It's not gonna end till one. I work now. Yeah, that's gonna be tough, dude. <laughs> Right. Oh, oh, it's the T and bro, it's the TNT game too. It's a Wednesday. Oh, bro, we're, that game's not starting till fucking eight forty-five, dude. Nope. That game is <laughs> not starting at all. I'd be shocked if that game starts before midnight. Honestly, yeah, because Boston's doing it, so they'll probably do like some crazy. Oh, bro, we are. That... Was isn't it Boston and Bedard? Yeah, it's Boston and Chicago. Yeah, I, I, I know what I said. Boston and Bedard is the only yeah. guy on that team. That that night's gonna kick ass. Looking at these games though. For the early for early in the season, like the first three days should kick ass. Yeah. Oh, bro, Boston's gonna kick the shit out of Chicago on opening night. Chicago plays the first night against Pittsburgh. Yeah, that game's gonna get ugly. Hey, everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? 
call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or fit or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50, 10 leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. Now, back to the episode. I think this move's going to age well, and we'll be we'll be looking back on this, and we'll be like, well, we're good, we're good. Yeah. It it kind of changes the attitude from we only got Colton for a, a second round pick that we didn't even have a day prior to. Okay, there's expectations now. Like when you well, when you attach dollar value to things, expectations are going to go up. Well, and you you look at it, and I still think Alex Newhook has a great chance to become a quality NHL player. But right now, Ross Colton is a significant upgrade over Alex Newhook. Completely agree. He yeah. fits what we're doing a lot more in your, you're betting less on Colton, even with this contract than you would right now spending 1.2 less on new hook. Cause right. you are more confident in what Colton can give you. Yeah. New hook might turn into a really solid NHL player with the Montreal Kings might turn into a real solid top six winger, or maybe even a center on the second line for them in a couple of years. And they've got him at 2.8 for four years. That's great for the Habs. Would that would he have those same opportunities here, and would that have even happened here? I, I don't think so. Colton just allows you to do more. There's more upside, and you don't feel like you're stagnating this guy by putting him on the third line. You feel like you're actually giving him a better opportunity to succeed, putting him on the third line with the option that you can move him up to the second line. Well, and the thing that I like, and I just thought about probably because other people have thought about it, like he's coming from a championship team. Like this isn't going to be anything crazy for him. He's played with championship expectations his entire career. So this isn't going to be a like significant change for him. Yeah, he's not, like, he's not coming from the Coyotes. He's coming yeah, from the Lightning. Yeah, he's coming from literally a team where he scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. So it's – that is funny. We have – two of the past three Stanley Cup game-winning goals on our team now. That's pretty cool. It's funny that Riley Smith was was on the market. If the ads got Riley Smith, they would have had the last three three, for three. three guys who scored. Dude, did you see Mark game. Stone's already like he may not play next regular season? I'm seeing a lot, right? I mean, Vegas <laughs> is going to use LTIR until the end of time, and you can't get mad about it. Because we're doing the same thing. It's in the rules. Yeah. I just saw, saw that. I was like, wow, we're starting this early. He's already going to yeah. miss like, half the season. Yeah, just just making sure we don't forget. Yeah, that's crazy. But overall, I like the move. Um, and I just this was like there's probably like what one more thing of news when we signed that winger or that center. Um, 
which we can talk about because Thomas Nosek did sign with the Devils, and that was a player that both of us were saying like, hey, we could get this guy and he'd be a really solid player. And of course, New Jersey has to snag him. New Jersey's building a fucking monster, dude. New Jersey, New Jersey is going to be a scary hockey team. I don't yeah. know all the way this year, but this this is a good-looking hockey team right now. With, they've probably had the best offseason of anyone. Oh, yeah. I would say pretty easily, I would say, too. But it brings up the question with the abs. Like now with Colton signed, you know what the number is. It's $4 bucks, and you've got 2.8 left in salary cap right now. They're not just going to not spend it. They're they're a team that always spends the cap. They're in their contention window. So even when um Myers eventually signs his contract because he's still an RFA they have to take care of business with, that's not going to be more than eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand. So you're still gonna have probably two million bucks still to spend. But a lot of these options are starting to to dwindle pretty quickly, where a guy like Thomas Nosek is off the board and a guy that we really liked and thought could work at 4C. You're starting to run out of some options here. So I think it's fine to to reintroduce this conversation again of like, well, what are we going to do? It It's Paul Stastny or bust at this point. It's starting to seem that way. It's yeah. like, it started as a joke, but if you want a 4C, it's like Jonathan Taze. Not going to play. Paul Stastny at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Stastny. I just don't... Ben Myers still needs to be signed, but I don't know if I'm comfortable with Ben Myers as the 4C. Like, I'm cool with Ben Myers being, like, the 14th or 15th forward. I'm fine with Ben Myers earning 4C. Yeah. If he goes out in the camp in the preseason and is a stud and earns 4C, awesome. I don't want that to be the plan in July right now right. that we're just going to trot Ben Myers out there for 82 games. But you look at the center's left, Bergeron's going back to Boston or retiring. David Krejci's going back to Boston or retiring. Jonathan Taze is probably retiring. Eric Stahl is 38. And then P.S. Suter got put on waivers and went unclaimed by, I think, everyone. Was it Suter that got put on waivers last year? Am I thinking of someone else? Are you thinking of Ernie? Probably, yeah. Suter was not put on waivers last year. Yeah. That, see, this is why I'm labeled with misinformation because I just come <laughs> on here, I come on here and lie sometimes. But Suter could be an interesting option. He's one of like eight options left. But after him, it's Derek Broussard, our old friend, Paul Stastny, our old friend, and Derek Stepan. Derek dude. Broussard is one of the greatest Puck Dooku players of all time. That dude has some answers for so that, many teams. That dude puts up triple doubles. He does do. Dooku. Every time I love him. He's great, but it's not a great market left. And would Paul Stastny be interested in coming back for like a, a final year? I mean, I, I don't remember in Carolina if he did anything important out there. I mean, he scored the game winning goal, the series clinching goal in game six against the Islanders, but he could be a solid depth option. I, mean, I just fine. I mean, it's his point tolls took a bit of a, a drop off. Um, last season even then it wasn't that bad two seasons ago with the Jets he had 21 goals and 45 points this year in a pretty significant bottom six role with the Hurricanes he had nine goals and 22 points I think there's still some upside that you could get more than from Paul Stastny but even if you get that it's a 4C for a 4C that's pretty good but also Stastny doesn't have a lot of foot speed anymore there are deficiencies to his game but like let's be honest with ourselves here 
what else do you want when yeah. you when you're at July 20th when we're recording this there's not a lot of guys left unless you are planning on Myers or Foodie or someone else like that PS Sutter could be an interesting option cuz I don't see them going after Eric Stahl and Broussard would be really funny but it's kind of the same thing as Stastny you know you just you're not expecting much at that point. It's a guy. Or do you have a pulse and a warm body? Great, your fourth line center. Because honestly, like the more we talk about it, I think they're going to do Foodie or Ben Myers, and then spend that last two point three is what they have. Just two straight around that. Two straight. I think they're going to spend that on another winger. Yeah, but even then, on the winger side, it's like, is it Danton Heinen, Nick Ritchie? Are you making a trade? Yeah. I mean, the trade's definitely a possibility, but I don't know. It, it's going to be that, that's really the last bit of news we have going forward. Yeah. But it's the last thing that we really have to, to talk about because you can argue that with the 2.8 they have right now, they need another center, they need another winger, whether that's third or fourth line. And they're still reportedly in talks for another defenseman, whether who that could be, that's just as much up in the air as everything else. I think that's enough because a lot of the guys available are going to be on league minimum contracts. Right. And once you, once you sign Ben Myers, that's probably one of them right there. Or even if he's an extra guy, that means you put Olofsson in the minors and that kind of just replaces that salary altogether. And it's a wash. So you're still going to have that money to, to sign those spots. You are. So it's, it's just annoying because I want it to be like done and finished right now, just so we can start previewing it. But I really think Stastny is going to be probably my favorite option left. I really wanted Nosek, dude. I yeah, really wanted Nosek. I mean, and his, you see what he signed for, and it's like we could have done that. But also, he probably wanted to stay on the East Coast. Probably yeah, wanted to stay. On the I East mean, Coast. That, that's the thing about UFAs. I mean, I'm sure they asked. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, the player decides where he wants to go, and you're not going to know if the Avalanche offered him with a contract or not. Maybe. Teams like the Avs or the Bruins or other teams offered him 800000 and the Devils were like, okay, we'll give you a million. And he's like, great, I'll go to New Jersey. Sometimes it's just like that. Yeah, and I can't blame any free agent for wanting to go to New Jersey because New Jersey is going to be fucking awesome. So I really wanted Nosek. I think he would have been a perfect fit. But I think Stassi is probably my like best option left. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to Sutter. I think he's uh, at least yeah. a younger guy. He's 27 compared to Paul Stastny, 37. Yeah. But Pius, plus that name's awesome, Puce. Yeah, Puce Sutter. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. But I'm, I'm going to laugh so hard when they just make a trade and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Connor McDavid. Love yeah, him. sweet. And, and Edmonton's retaining 85% of the salary. <laughs> yeah. We actually got him for free as a favor. Future considerations. <laughs> Future considerations, because Joe Sackick is calling it a favor on yeah. Ken Holland. He probably would at this point. But... I, I would be worried about yeah. uh, Sackick holding leverage over anybody. <laughs> but overall, we'll see. Um, I think that's pretty much it for Avs news. Yeah, for Avs news at least. I mean, Colton's going to be interesting. You're just kind of waiting to see how they're going to fill out the rest of that roster. But even like we saw last season, they didn't do that until like mid-August yeah. with Evan Rodriguez. And they're waiting to see if one of those guys falls through the cracks. Maybe that is a guy like Stastny that you just throw in the fourth line center and he's fine. Gives you enough 
old face. People know him, retires as an av or something like that. Easy sell. Easy sell. I would take that all day. Yeah. And it's interesting that Tarasenko is still a free agent. We haven't heard anything about Bergeron. Yeah. I'm, assu- I'm assuming Bergeron's just retiring, right? Mm, I'd say it's still 50-50. I mean, if if he doesn't come back, Boston's screwed. Boston, I mean, they only signed Morgan Kiki to shore up their center depth. Yeah. Are they really gonna throw Pavel Zaka right into the the fire of replacing Patrice Percheron? Yeah, that's what's gonna be tough, man. I I think I think they would have done more if they didn't have a feeling he was coming back. I agree, honestly. I mean, you, it's so hard to go out after that, right? You yeah. have that great season. You got Stanley Cup on your mind, and you blow a. Th- 3-1 lead in a game seven overtime that it, if you're Patrice Bergeron, like that's got it. You can't go out like that. Can no. you? you can't, but also like you can't have a better regular season than they did. So I could see why he retired, but he's still at the, like his offensive game may not be there, but he's still the best defensive forward in the league. Like right. he still brings something to the team. Right. Like you're in conversation to, to rename the Selkie, the Bergeron. And even still, the guy had 58 points last year. Yeah. Like it's not like he's just a, a fourth line pure defensive center. He's still like one of the best centers in the league, if not just for his defensive impacts alone. And yeah. still had a 27 goal season last year. Yeah, he still can do it. Like I, I hope he comes back just because I like watching Patrice Bergeron play hockey, and he's like the only player on Boston that I don't despise. I mean, I like Pasternak. Pasternak's not bad. Yeah, but. But yeah, I I don't know. Hopefully he comes back. Krejci is more interesting. I just love like because I'm in like year three of my NHL sim, and both those players are still playing. And like David Krejci was on the Maple Leafs, and Patrice Bergeron was on the Panthers. Yeah, I love when they (laughs) and just completely like take that stuff out of account. Like you get to like certain points where it's like Ovechkin's on like the Oilers. Yeah, Crosby is just like. Out, like he's with like the sharks or something. It, Matthews was on the Kings. Yeah. I love it. I was like, okay, yeah. cool. That makes sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, not a lot else going on in NHL news. It, we're truly in the dead of summer. Uh, so there is, it, it was a, a player's birthday today, probably by tomorrow, by the time you listen to this or yesterday, Jesus, my brain's melting. Uh, Peter Forsberg turned 50, which I feel like I thought he was a lot older than 50. Yeah, it kind of feels that way with a lot of the the older abs. You forget that they're not like eighty. <laughs> it all feels so long ago. Yeah, he's only fifty. Um, he, his highlights are always one of my favorite things to watch. I I just wish the NHL would get to the point where they could make like all the highlight videos in HD, and it's like just get to that point because you watch it and you're like, Jesus Christ! Twenty years ago, the NHL cameras were dog shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy, but. Honestly, one of the all-time legends for the Avs, and I think he still is one of the biggest what-ifs, because if that dude stays healthy, is there a legitimate argument that it's a debate between him and Joe Sackick of who the greatest Av is of all time? I think it would definitely be a debate at the very least. I mean, Peter Forsberg, his talent is special, like just flat out. I mean, I think if he is just going through his career completely healthy, like we're probably you could probably have the conversation. Like, could this be one of the most talented players to ever do it? He, I just think for me, he is already, but it's just the injuries killed him, man. And cause I'm looking at his stats right now. He finished only playing 708 games, finished with 885 points. 
Like he easily would have been a thousand point player. And he would have crushed that. Yeah. I mean, he was just so good, dude. Like the year they won the cup, he had 30 goals, 86 assists, 116 points. He got a spleen fucking taken out in the middle of a, a playoff. He played game seven with a ruptured spleen, which is just crazy to think about. Like in, in genuine insane person stuff. Yeah. Insane person. And it's just, it's, it's kind of sad. You look at his career and it's like his first year with Quebec played 47, 82 with the abs in the first year, 65, 72, 78, 49, 73, 75, 39, 60, 40, 17, nine and two. So his body just broke down, man. And it's, it's crazy. Like you look like he missed an entire season, came back the next year, scored 106 points, won the heart and won the art Ross. Is it kind of Michael. funny that he, he won that Michael. with 29 goals? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he also had 106 points. Pretty yeah. good. Too. Yeah. It's just, I really think that if he, I mean, even if he like plays in like those last couple of years, if he plays like 65 games, I think he gets to a thousand points. Yeah, absolutely. But it, you can almost like, just with how good he was, you can almost like give him like an honorary thousand points. Cause like, yeah, he definitely would have hit that. Yeah, he would have. And like, dude, his shooting percentage was actually crazy. Holy shit. Second, second highest in apps history. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good. Like, you just, you forget, like, when you look back at those old abs teams, like, obviously, Joe Sackett gets remembered because he played his whole career with the abs. And you look at Peter Forsberg, he, he was a, a salary cap pain in the ass at the end because we had to get rid of him. That's why he went back to Philly. But man, I, I wish because he was my favorite player growing up. I fucking loved Peter Forsberg. He he was so good. And my dad actually has like the original Peter Forsberg jersey for the Avs when they first came out in like 96. And it's still a cherished possession of his. He won't let me have it, which it's okay. I'll get it, I'll get it eventually. But uh he he is one of the greatest players in franchise history, and he could have been even better if he could have stayed healthy. Yeah. Just one of the biggest what ifs. I'd I'd put him up there as one of the biggest what ifs in NHL history. Is he who else are your other what ifs then? Well, I think Mario Lemieux is number one. Yeah. That guy yeah, he missed fully, what two years? He missed two years, had literal cancer and other yeah. injuries. If that guy stays fully healthy, there's a real chance that number one is a lot more interesting debate between him and Gretzky. Because you already have people making the argument that like Lemieux might have been better, but oh, he was, dude, he was so good, man. He came back the season he had cancer yeah. and won the Rockets. You yeah. don't do that. That doesn't happen. Yeah, he gets. I wouldn't say he gets forgotten, but it's just one of those things where you're like, man, what? It's, would the it's, gap be closer between I him think and it Gretzky? Would be significantly closer because right now it's like it's a very clear pecking order. That's Gretzky number one, and Lemieux is number two. I think if he stays healthy, at very least, you can have an interesting conversation. Yeah, I gotta look up Mario Lemieux stats. Keep keep stalling because he. How many points did he end up finishing with? A lot more than humanly possible, basically. And he played until two thousand and six as well. He finished with one thousand seven hundred and Jesus Christ, bro! In nine hundred and fifteen games, six hundred and ninety goals, a thousand thirty three assists. Dude, he had 199 points in a season. That is crazy. And you know what? I bet he's so pissed he didn't get 200. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you he is. 
Yeah, that's a really good what if because, like you said, like you look from after '97, he takes those three years off and he comes back. He he, because Gretzky has what twenty seven hundred is what he had points yeah. wise. Yeah, I don't. He wouldn't. I don't think he would have caught Gretzky's ridiculous no. point total. But he but would definitely hit two thousand. He oh he would have hit two. I think he probably would have hit like twenty five. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like it wouldn't be as big of a gap as you think as it is now. Yeah. Because what is it that even if you took away all Wayne Gretzky's goals, he'd still be the highest point. Oh, yeah. In, in assists alone, he has more than anyone has yeah. points. Yeah. Stupid. Jesus. Like, just ab- like absolutely ridiculous. Could you imagine if this was happening now where players were scoring? I mean, McDavid's the closest we're ever going to get. But could you imagine a player scoring 199 points in a year? They... No. No. Not I mean, anymore. well, hang on. Change it. Do you think that COVID shortened year, if they actually played a full 82, do you think he could have gotten it? Well, what did he finish with in that season? Like 105 and 64 or 63? I guess, yeah. Because that was 2020, 2021, right? Yeah, yes. 105 points in 56 games. That's but you got to remember, he was playing just the terrible Canadian that is That is true. The so divisions sucked, and even the teams at the top didn't have great defense. Yeah. And he, I think he could have if they played the full 82. I yeah. think he could have gotten close to it because he was putting up like four points a night, dude. It was ridiculous. He was playing out of his mind that season. It was absolutely ridiculous. And even this year, 153 points in today's NHL is ridiculous. Absolutely That's, ridiculous. Do you think anyone ever gets past that besides him? Someone eventually is going yeah. to be able to do it. I mean, we'll see what Connor Bedard ends up being. I don't think he's ever going to hit 153 points. I think McDavid, he he could realistically hit 160 this season. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, spend, go back to it. So you have Lemieux as another what if. What's another one? Because I'm struggling to think about it, man. I Lemieux and Forsberg just are the ones, when I think of what ifs, that immediately come to mind. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a what if. Because it's tough because like I even the guys you like Eric Lindros, maybe like if he didn't have the concussions, what could he yeah. have been? I mean I think Crosby's an interesting one too. When yeah. Concussions. Yep. Yep. Crosby could have been because he's bounced back, but he missed a solid two years in the early he, 2010s, right? Like he missed like a very significant portion of his prime where you probably could have saw him putting up McDavid-esque numbers, maybe not 160 but probably in like the 130 range. Like he missed like the prime of his career. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. Yeah, he played 41 and 22 and 36 in a three-year span. Yeah, like he missed very important stretches in his career. And he still has 1,500 points. I hate like, I hate that I like Sidney Crosby's growing on me now. Like he's still annoying, but also like you have to appreciate greatness. And at this point, 18 years in, and he's barely missed a step. Like, yeah, there's I mean, no, there's no fluke about he it. He just right had now. one of his best seasons and he's 35 years old. Isn't that great? He just had one of his best seasons and they missed the playoffs. Yeah. Like that is just, if that is not an indictment on Ron Hextall, I, I don't know what is the fact that you let Crosby and Malkin perform at the level that they did last year and you didn't make it. You yeah. should not. You should not only have been fired. You should have been fired out of a catapult out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, because was 07-08 the the lockout year? I I think no. so. 
the the lockout season was before his time. The time you mean the one that this, they'd canceled entirely? No, no, no. The one that they played half the season that was oh seven. Oh, no, oh no, that was like twenty thirteen. I think I... it was the year the Blackhawks won. That oh was, yep, yep, yep. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm looking at it right now. He only played thirty six in that one. What was that? Was that thirteen? No, that was that was thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he still put up a point per game. He was forty-one points in that year. Yeah, twenty twelve, fifty-six. Excuse me. Twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah, he had forty-one points in thirty-six games. Yeah. So Crosby's a good what if. Try to think of like another AV that you can think of a what if. Oh, do you remember? Uh, oh, this is gonna drive me crazy. I can see his face right now. Peter Morell. Morell. Oh yeah. He had terrible concussions, and he came from Arizona. I want to say. And he was sick for a couple years, and then he just kept getting hurt. And I wonder about him. Uh, I think honestly, I, th- I think we're good on this. Yeah, now. yeah, I-, I could go on for hours because I could think about it. But overall, happy birthday, Peter Forsberg. Weird that you're only fifty. I thought you would at least be like fifty six, fifty seven. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so far before my time that it's just like wow, only fifty. Yeah, yet these just- guys are not like. 70 Dude, 80 at this how point. weird is it gonna be when fucking it's like nathan mckinnon turned 52 today and we're gonna be like holy fuck we're getting old man <laughs> see i feel i feel that way at 22 i feel like i'm getting old i can't imagine like 30 years from now. oh dude that's gonna be so weird but it's uh it's truly truly the off season now and oh, yes, yes i is. i am i am very intrigued to see how the rest of this offseason goes. By the way, have you watched, just because we got a little bit of time, have you watched The Bear on Hulu? I've seen clips. I have not sat down and watched Dude, it. Dude, it's good, man. It's good. I've been watching it lately. That's a pretty solid show. I, I've really enjoyed it. I'd watch that one. Um, obviously, you're working a ton, so you you probably don't have as much free time as I do. Uh, and like, dude, I keep trying to go to NHL Network to find stuff to watch, and there's just, they aren't, NHL Network could do so many things, I feel like, with games, like old school games, and they always play the same four. Yeah, they play the same four games. They show the Rangers Stanley Cup documentary at least. That's how you know we're truly in the offseason when that starts popping up like six times. It's just like, oh, it's that time of the summer again that we have to watch the Stanley Cup from now nearly 30 years ago now. Well, bro, that was the year I was born. Let's not get fucking crazy with that, dude. I'm almost 30. Um, no other team has won a Stanley Cup in that time, dude. You know what's gonna happen when it's their 30th anniversary of it? We're gonna see it twice the amount of times, yeah. Which is we're just gonna act like that's not really sad, <laughs> yeah. It's not really sad. <laughs> oh, dude, like we haven't gotten to that point yet, but we're going. Yeah. Imagine being in a Stanley Cup drought, like, yeah, suck, suck, I guess, yeah, fucking losers, man. We're going on one year and it's just yeah. crazy. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, that would suck so. But I don't think I have anything else, man. Yeah, I mean Dennis Morgan goes. Oh to, yeah, I forgot about play. that. Yep, Morgan. I was surprised. I was thinking like a few days before he signed. I was like, really? No one wants Dennis Morgan right now. But he goes back to Switzerland on a five-year contract. I mean, we don't know the money or anything like that. But one of the things that I kind of forgot about, like Dennis Morgan's a big star in Switzerland. Oh, yeah. So he's probably getting paid. He's going home. He's got security. Good for you, buddy. Honestly, like go go do some rock star shit down there and just go. It was kick one of ass. my favorite players from last year. Yeah, just a guy that came out of absolutely nowhere was a favorite, like running joke for a, like a month or so because the guy 
physically could not put the puck in the net. If like, if you made the net the size of a semi truck, he would still find a way to miss. They finally got one and he finally started scoring a little bit more after that and didn't hear much from him in the playoffs. And now he's going back home and you know what? Good for you. Good for him. Yeah. It's a bummer. I, I like Dennis Mulgan a lot. Was one of my favorite players, like I said, from last year. And it's just one of those ones where I bet you he got a lot more money than the Avs were probably offering. Because I guarantee you the Avs offered him. Yeah, I'm sure they talked to him. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that they just didn't go and qualify him was like the arbitration thing was right. still a threat and probably would have cost him a, more than a million bucks. But like that's the thing. I think they were offering him probably nine hundred thousand dollars, and probably other NHL teams were like, "Yeah, okay, you want to play hardball? Nine hundred fifty thousand dollars." Yeah, and he's probably and, getting like one point five, whatever. What does they and, get paid? Switzerland, Swiss, <laughs> Swiss dollar dues. I don't know. Yeah, they get but paid he, Swiss cheese. But like, even if he's making less this year, he's just like, he's a five year contract. Right. Yeah, he's got security. He's going home to probably friends and family. And a, a a country that frankly loves Dennis Malkin, yep. I bet he's about to have the time of his life out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So good for Dennis Malkin, man. Yeah. Absolute victory for him. Could not be happier for him. And don't have to see him in another jersey because just like you, I liked Dennis Malkin. I, I, I would have I liked to see him come back. I thought there was something there with him. But at the end of the day, Dennis Malkin goes out and he gets himself a nice bag back home. Good for you. Not every not everything has to be defined by success in the NHL. That is an absolute win for that guy. Good. For well, him. you can argue he did have success this year in the yeah, NHL. He did. He's, he can he, say he, he did. Scored multiple ten goal seasons in the NHL yeah. at this point. It's a lot more than like ninety nine percent of the world can say. Yep. Guys, awesome. Yeah. I wish him nothing but the best. But other than that, I think we're just about set to go. Yeah. Let's let's send the people on their merry way. Absolutely. So again, thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Remember to change your passwords because they are on the prowl right now. It's very least add like a, I don't know, like a question mark at the end or some, add another number, change some capitalization so you don't get hacked like I did and have to go into scramble mode for the next little bit. But who knows, maybe you'll have some luck and they'll sell some laptops in your name or something unlike me. But even still, thank you for tuning in. Use promo code TELEDABS it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, these are us. We've checked. You can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. And you can follow the show at TELEDABSITIS. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs. Thank you.